You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Prenke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels podcast. This is our seventh episode of season two for the episode Blood Sisters. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, uh, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's up? What's up, Mike? Star Wars fans, Rebels fans. Mike, another week down and another, uh, another Force Awakens TV spot. Can you believe it? (laughs) Uh, at this point i mean like i think since the last time that we recorded i think there may have been two tv spots but uh yeah um, at this point at this point i'm getting a little bit i'm getting a little bit um annoyed with how much they're starting to show us yeah that's that last that last tv spot the the one i uh that focuses on finn Mm -hmm. where we see him uh, swinging the lightsaber around and saying, yeah. like, oh, come on, I really would have liked to see that in the theater. <laughs> right? Like the, when, the, yeah. when the stormtrooper does the thing, it's like, oh, that's a, like, they kind of stole that moment out of the movie and put it in a, put it in a trailer, right? Not, or a TV spot. Like, it, it's getting to the point where it's like, guys, you're just like, you're, you're, now you're starting to cannibalize it. You're, you've, you've done yeah. such a great job of keeping everything tight-lipped and now you're starting to to do the jurassic world thing of showing us the whole movie three weeks before the movie comes out but yeah, uh, yeah I, but I, at the same time every single clip has been awesome and it all looks so good and just makes me more excited so yeah it's uh you know like you said it was focused on finn and i just wonder now that we've had one that's kind of focused on ray and we got one on finn yeah if we're going to get one focused on somebody else another spot where it puts in more footage and and you're right even though this is like officially released stuff uh, and you know they're not going to give you anything away that's that's too spoilerish still you look at it going like you said you're like oh man especially that one stormtrooper scene you're like oh geez yeah Uh, i don't know even if it's officially released do i still want to see it anymore i don't you know it's got to that point now yeah and um some great stuff you know we're less than a month away, so from where I'm sitting, I'm I feel like I can, like I can I can wait, 
but at the same time, like I just have such a hard time with it. Like even when even when when websites uh, that shall go unnamed uh, I post big spoilers and stuff like that. I always have the moment of like, I don't need to know that. And then my hand just clicks it anyways. <laughs> and then all stop. of a sudden, like I'm, I'm <gasps> reading it and I'm like, Oh man, why did I do that? And, but with that as well, it's always, I always take it with a grain of salt because we all thought that we knew what episode one was about before it came out. And, uh, and, and man, we were all wrong. We were all wrong. The only person who figured out what that movie was about before it it released was uh, Al Yankovic. He was the only person on the planet who actually deciphered all of that marketing material and got it right because he wrote it all in his song, right? In the in video, the, yeah, yeah. The saga begins. So, yeah, um, cool. yeah. It, which is so weird. Like he was everything that he says in that is a hundred percent correct. Yeah, it's so weird, and and like he still like like to this day says like he had not he didn't have any inside information he just looked at all the materials and like figured it out and it's like wow you uh you you, you pretty good at that we should so what i'm saying is that we need to get weird al yankovic on this podcast so he thinks to, about the force awakens huh? to tell us all of the the plot <laughs> right of the force awakens yeah but uh <laughs> I, yeah but you know what? Before we we get too heavy into the Star Wars news, we got some Thunderquack news to talk yes. about. Yes. Um, and for those who maybe don't pay that much attention to it at the beginning of the episode when they hear that Thunderquack music, uh, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. In fact, the Thunderquack Podcast Network started with us. I started with Matt and I on Frontlines, and we mm. weren't even the Thunderquack Podcast Network yet. So <laughs> this is kind of the originating podcast for this for the whole thing. So, um, but uh, uh, we're part of that. You can check out all the other podcasts at thunderquack.com. But that's not what I what I want to talk to everybody about. What I want to talk to everybody about is our holiday giveaway, which I. For those who listen all the way through to the end of the episode, you know that we also have a Patreon page and a campaign going there where uh, you can go to patreon.com slash thunderquack and you can you can uh, uh, donate a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, really however much you want, but starting at a dollar uh, to to get some cool perks and that sort of thing. So um, it's. It's like Kickstarter, but instead of instead of people like throwing money at us once and getting one thing, it, this it's ongoing. So it's kind of like a subscription service, but it's totally optional, um, and you get some perks along the way. So like you get access to our Thunderquack Patreon Club on Facebook at the five dollar level. At the ten dollar level, you get early access to uh, to some of our podcasts like like the Rebels podcast, like Quiver the Green Arrow podcast. Um, and then uh, as it goes up, you can get other things. Like you can get private chat time with uh, with one of your favorite hosts. You can be on one of the podcasts. We'll record a special segment uh, just with with uh, with you and whatever podcast you're, you're a fan of on the network. So uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a cool way of, of helping support us. And uh, and we're able to to reward that um, with with some cool perks. 
Uh, but as we're coming up on the one year mark, and it is it is the holidays now, where we've entered the uh, the holiday zone. Yes. I I hopefully everybody's getting their Christmas shopping done early, but I'm sure that a lot of people are waiting for Black Friday. But I I in order to to, to just because we wanted to celebrate that, we wanted to give back to everybody. We wanted to to um, thank our Patreon supporters for all of their their uh, support over the last year. Uh, we're doing uh, uh, the Thunder Quack Holiday Giveaway. And so uh, it's gonna be it's like a it's like a prize box, and over the next couple weeks, over the next few weeks, in the lead up to the Force Awakens, we're gonna be throwing some some prizes into this prize box. So this week, I uh, we are we're throwing in a twenty five dollar Amazon gift certificate. So that'll be like it's just twenty five bucks. You can use it on Amazon to buy whatever you want. You could buy. Uh, you could buy the Star Wars art book. Well, actually, I think it's probably a little bit more than twenty-five dollars. But you could get uh, it. It'll help you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll take a. It'll take a chunk off of a copy of Battlefront. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you huh? could. You could pick up like uh, one of the the new uh, uh, Star Wars comics from Marvel. Um, Kane and the Last Padawan actually just. Uh, just came out in trade paperback. So if you haven't read that yet, which uh, if you haven't, then you're you're not listening because we keep telling you to read it because it is so good. But uh, uh, you could pick that up. Uh, there's all sort you know you everybody knows what Amazon is. There's all sorts of stuff and Black Friday deals last forever and 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 there's there will be all sorts of stuff. Um, but uh, so we're adding that in next week. We'll add in another prize, and then the week after that, we'll add another prize, and then the week after that, we're gonna have the prize draw during our live uh, Force Awakens spoiler cast on the 18th. Mm-hmm. So um, a, a, two things: you gotta go to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack and pledge a dollar or more to be entered into the contest uh if you are already a patreon supporter then then you're already entered so you don't need to do anything and we thank you for your support over the last year or however long you've been you've been uh supporting us uh if not then then head to patreon.com slash thunderquack and and pledge that so it's a it's it's it'll take a dollar out of your off of your credit card every month and you won't even notice it because it's a dollar, and uh, I, you know. It, but it'll help us if everybody who listens goes and pledges that dollar. It'll help us pay for the hosting. It'll help us pay for uh, I, I equipment and 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 all all the things that it, it costs money to do podcasts. As much as it's it's a fairly cheap hobby to have it. It, it becomes expensive fast yeah, sometimes. For sure. But uh, the other thing is that you got to see The Force Awakens on the 17th so that you can watch the spoiler cast with us on the 18th. Of course, if you haven't seen The Force Awakens yet, that's also cool. You can you can wait to watch the the, the live show. It'll be on YouTube forever. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we are going to... We're going to announce the winner right at the beginning of the live show. So... Like you don't need if you haven't seen the Force Awakens yet, and and you wanna tune in to see if you won, then you just tune in right at seven o'clock Pacific Standard Time on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/slash Thunderquack Podcast Network is the channel, 
and uh, and and we'll make that announcement right at the beginning, and then uh, and then we'll we will warn people before we get into the spoilers. But uh, For sure, yeah. But you know what? I'm fairly certain that everybody who listens to Rebels is going to oh, see yeah. the movie <laughs> as soon as possible. Yes, right. I mean, by the time that we record that spoiler cast. I will have seen the movie three times already. <laughs> so right, right. if I can see it three times, then everybody else can see it at least once. Right. I think that's fair. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's been some, there was some controversy when we were planning it. People were like, maybe we should wait a week or two. And I'm like, the next week is Christmas. And the right. week after that is new, new year's. year's. Right. So, uh, really the best time to do it is, is that night. Cause the hardcore fans that want to listen to us, they'll they'll have already seen the movie. I, I, I am fully confident in that. Oh yeah. That, yeah, that's that actually that actually moves us right into one of our news stories, uh, which is that uh, uh, the Force Awakens has already broken box office. Records. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, fifty million o- over fifty million in pre-sales alone. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, Mike? Uh, that is just I'm. I'm I'm pretty much guaranteeing that that is all of us that are hardcore fans that are doing that. And because, you know, my, like I said, like my, my siblings and stuff, they're all big fans, but they haven't bought tickets yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think this is 50 million and this is the hardcore. Just wait until it it just comes out. I mean, there's no, there's no way that this thing isn't going to break. I I said when they announced this, this thing was going to go a billion dollars, you know, worldwide easily. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, the the one of the biggest movies uh, prior to it has been Jurassic World. I mean, Jurassic World's certainly been the biggest movie of this year so far. Um, and I granted, Jurassic Park is a is a beloved series franchise, uh, and and personally, I I definitely hold it up there with Star Wars. It would be like in my top five franchises, but. <laughs> Jurassic Park does not hold the place in as many generations hearts as right. as Star Wars does. So like the thing about Star Wars that that really makes it the powerhouse that it is is that it it is one of the first blockbusters. I mean, it's really like Jaws and yeah. then Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe like like Superman was a big movie before that in, in 76, but it wasn't really a it wasn't a blockbuster. The term didn't really exist yet. Right. Um but Star Wars since 77 has it's had this this generational thing where every few years it comes back and it comes back in force right uh, i i guess pun intended i uh, hmm. and and every time it does it grabs another generation of of 8 to 13 year olds and doesn't let go right hmm. and right. it's this thing that it just gets inside you and and uh, and and you just like it like obviously for us it becomes a way of life right, right. <laughs> it's yeah. A, yeah. it's not just a fandom it's a it's a lifestyle i i everything kind of revolves i was saying to my wife last night i was like we were talking about stuff that's you know like making plans for the next couple of weeks or whatever and i was like and she said something about something and i was like oh yeah okay so that's like two weeks before like that's a week before the force <laughs> that's a week before the four and then she's like yeah, uh, yeah, it's like December eighth, and I was like, yeah, that's that's what I said. It's a week before. Look, <laughs> look, understand that everything 
we're so close now that everything in my life is determined in, as like how close before or after the force awakens it is it's like the star wars timeline where everything's before the battle of yavin or after the battle of yavin this is your timeline that yeah that's how i'm that's how i'm figuring out everything it's like like i said like christmas is the week after star wars right yeah um although to me christmas is the week of star wars but i i yeah like it's a everything in my life is revolving around around this this movie coming out and uh it's i'm it is it's beginning to annoy annoy a lot of people in in my family but uh i don't care <laughs> i don't care they can live with it yeah huge they have to ac- accept me for who i am huge man 50, yeah, 50 yeah. million it's crazy 50 million it's crazy that like just pre-sales that's not even yeah like yeah. that's not the whole weekend and then on top of it like theaters have been adding showings mm-hmm. going like Oh, we gotta add more seats. We gotta add more seats. We well, add more my seats. yeah, the theater that I'm going to, at least the first time I'm gonna see it, uh, yeah. it starts at seven, and it's just it's going every hour until who knows when. You know, month probably a month yeah. at least. You know, so it's every stinking hour at just one theater. Yeah, at the one theater I'm going to, then I'm gonna go see it at you know like the IMAXs and stuff like that as well. But um, yeah, it's and a lot of showings. A lot of those seven o'clock showings are sold out. Um, oh, in Vancouver, mm-hmm. all of the the Cineplex, which is like our biggest theater chain in Canada, mm-hmm. all of the Cineplex theaters at seven o'clock are all sold out. Uh, yeah, every single one of them is sold out mm-hmm. um, at seven o'clock on the seventeenth. Um, they've added they've added extra showings recently. I uh, I think think like after seven i think like the, like i saw like a 7 30 but not all the theaters are doing it only a couple of them are mm-hmm. and so there are still some tickets available but for the most part like the it, it's it's sold out seven o'clock ten o'clock mm-hmm. like they're they're gone and the imax especially like that because we only have yeah true yeah we have i think we have four imax screens in vancouver um at different locations, and uh, I, I, two of them I don't believe are are even shown because they're like at ones at like a we call it's called Science World, um, so it's like they do like the nature documentaries and stuff like that on IMAX, and then the other one I think it was like converted into a into a ride like soaring over California, mm. like uh, they call it Fly Over Canada, yeah. Um, and and so I don't even think that it's that they show movies there anymore, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So th- there's really not if you want to see it in IMAX, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of choices left. But uh, thankfully, I have tickets to IMAX for the first two showings. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, for well, seven and ten. Well, since we're in a new um, new era, uh, it looks like Vanity Fair. Talk to uh, Lucas, and, and we're gonna we're gonna get to uh, the Rebels recap real uh, just in a second. I just want to mention this yeah. though um, about Lucas and this Vanity Fair uh, issue. Check this out. <clears throat> My advice to anyone making a Star Wars movie is there's more to it than just spaceships. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? I'm curious that uh, the Force doesn't get muddled into a bunch of garbly gook. Well, I'm curious about what happened to Darth Vader's uh, grandkids. JJ, what happened to Darth Vader's grandchildren? Oh, George, this is great. 
Uh, you tell me, man. You made all this shit up. <laughs> if you could be any character in Star Wars, who would you be? Uh, I don't know. I like all the characters. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. You go. And like he kind of goes on with this interview for just a few more seconds, but uh, uh, there's a lot of people have been talking about this, and they're like uh, they're they're wondering like, oh man, is he bitter? What's going on? But as you can hear in the first thirty seconds of this, I mean, he's he's making a lot of fun of things. You know, he's yeah. he's talking about Jar Jar. He's talking about the Force. And then, you know, don't muddle it up. You know, and yeah. and uh, and then the other thing, which I don't know if it's a could be considered a spoiler or not, but he goes, "Hey, JJ, what's what happens to Anakin's grandkids?" So <laughs> yeah, well, so, okay, so but, yeah, there's a there's another story um, that, that he did another interview. I, I can't remember who it was with, but he did another interview in the last couple of days mm-hmm. that um, I like a sit down face to face sort of interview. I, I, I'm sure it'll be on some news. Oh, it was a news site, show. yeah, I believe, yeah. Um, and uh, and in that, he his tone's a little bit less jokey, and and he gets into a little bit more about like what the it, basically what happened following stopped. Yeah. the the acquisition, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and and his tone in that is very different, and it's very, I don't know. I do sense a little bit of bitterness. Mm-hmm. I do feel like he's a little upset that that you know he made. He made the Star Wars movies that he wanted to make. Right. Um, one of the things that he says is that you know, like the that Disney wanted to make a movie that was more for the fans, mm-hmm. um, which I think that it's very apparent that that's what the Force Awakens is. There's a whole meta narrative in the Force Awakens that that re- basically is referential to the 501st right the everybody who goes out in costumes as Mm -hmm. as as star wars characters the first order is essentially the 501st like they are they're empire fanboys who start their own empire right kylo ren is a darth vader fanboy who becomes his own version of darth vader like there's a there's a there's a thing going through there that like this movie is very much for the fans i Whereas George, he sort of he he alluded to it a little bit and said like, well, he, they're not using his story. His story was very much about the next generation. It was about mm-hmm. um, the Skywalker legacy and all that. So like it like like he like he says in that clip that you played, like what happens to the Skywalker grandchildren mm-hmm. to Darth Vader's grandchildren? Um, that's what his story would have been about. Um, but, but he also says like, he would have told the story that he wanted to tell, which isn't necessarily the story that fans want to see. And I think that that's really interesting because the story he wanted to tell about the prequels, I don't think that that's the story that the fans wanted to see. I think the fans wanted to see a very different story, Mm -hmm. um, about Anakin Skywalker and about. Uh, the fall of the Republic and the Clone Wars and all that sort of thing. I think that um, the Clone Wars TV series gets a little bit closer to to what the fans would have liked the movies to have been like. Um, and I'm like, this, I'm I'm trying not to dig at the at the prequels too much because I do think that that the prequel, the story of the prequels, is not the problem with the prequels. Like, I think the story is actually very good. It's very well crafted, but. Um, 
but I understand when he says that he wanted he would have told his story and not the story that the fans wanted. Mm-hmm. Like those are two very different things. And Disney is very much about basically just giving us what we want. And like and 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 his attitude is sort of uh um I don't know. It's a, it, it's just a, it's a little bit it's he kind of it's a bit of a jab when he says it. It's like, well, Disney's just going to give the fans what they want. And it's a jab simultaneously at Disney, implying kind of that they have no backbone and they have no artistic integrity. Mm -hmm. And also at the fans, that the fans don't want a good story. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I, no offense, George, but I can fix the prequels for you really easily. And it's just the fact that you didn't have a central villain. I mean, you can go Mm -hmm. back and listen to at least five or six episodes of The Clone Wars where I outline how that, how those three movies could have been way better if there had been an actual bad guy throughout them um, mm-hmm. instead of a phantom menace but i uh, i think that the fans are actually they they know pr- pretty well because because most people these days are 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 actually pretty big aficionados of storytelling because pop culture is is all it all revolves around storytelling we all all of us who do podcasts and stuff we all have great ideas of of how you would tell a star wars story we've all got that in us um just because we're fans doesn't mean that the story that we want to see isn't also a great story Mm -hmm. um but it's not his story so i i do think i do think that he's on the one hand glad that he left it behind i also think on the other hand he's a little bit he's a little hurt that everybody's so excited about this one yeah and glad that he's not involved and i don't blame him i mean like that's a that's a punch to the gut you're the guy who created all this stuff sort of as jj says like hey you tell me you're the one who made all this up right i right there's that aspect of it but at the same time like every time somebody brings it up and says like oh well thank goodness george lucas doesn't have anything to do with it part of me is like well you can't say that because he always has something to do with it because they're his characters it's his world he created the whole thing Mm -hmm. but at the same time i go like but you're absolutely right like thank goodness we're finally getting uh uh, another star wars that'll you know that's going to be uh i i don't know it's just gonna have the same feeling as those original movies as opposed to what he did with the prequels which are very different feeling yeah um so you know who knows what what story he would have told and my my thing about the whole thing is that yeah we're gonna get the force awakens we're gonna get episode eight um and we're gonna get episode nine and we're gonna get rogue one and this han solo movie and whatever else comes out we're getting all this stuff along with rebels but eventually, eventually, I'm sure, because he's got it all written down with his story treatments and his notes, Disney has all of it, because it was part of what they acquired, and mm. then they looked at it and went, we're going to go a different way, because um, they had those conversations with him of, like, we're going to do this different thing, and I, I think that he knows what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
And one day, just like they did recently, just before the, the acquisition, actually, and before Dark Horse lost the license to Star Wars, they had done the Star Wars, which was based on the original original, yeah. the original yeah. story treatment for for Star Wars, right? Which was a comic book series, which I mean, like, I don't think it was particularly well done, but um, regardless, like the story has been told and now you can you can go get that comic and you can read and get an idea of what that original screenplay was like. And, and you can see the elements of all six of the movies that he did within that one story and see how he like broke it apart into all the pieces and how it ends up being the whole saga. Um, and that, like, I, I, I firmly believe that at some point we'll get a comic book, we'll get books, we'll get something that tells the story that George wanted to tell. Uh, so eventually we'll actually get to find out what that story is about and how that like because otherwise like the first question you would ask is like well what was your story right mm-hmm. and they don't ask that nobody asks that question because they know that he's not going to say it because some someday somebody will tell that story right and i think with star wars like it's uh, i hate to break it to everybody but it's all made up so no, stop it. <laughs> I know, I know, controversial. But uh, I, we can hear alternate versions of the stories. We already are, right? This, uh, the the basically the reboot uh, with the with the Disney acquisition is is an alternate timeline. Like that's in one timeline, the Yuuzhan Vong invade and all that stuff happens. Han and Leia get married. They have three kids and one of them dies one of them becomes another darth vader and yeah marriage aid exists and all of these different things um and now we're getting a totally different timeline uh, mm-hmm. where shadows of the empire doesn't exist and and uh where where luke skywalker and darth vader fight each other immediately following the the destruction of the death star and it's all ridiculous but uh but the movie's gonna be cool so yeah you know just just to kind of wrap that up like you said the, here's the thing like in this one interview that i just played he yeah. just seemed a little playful but i'm i did watch that one you're talking about i think it was like on, on a new show or something like that and i did i did sort of get a vibe like like of course look at how you get this hot you know this the, the hot director right jj abrams everybody's like yeah. oh my gosh you get you get disney and marvel which already has this huge track record that just can't do no wrong and then you get a story where it's it's after, you know, the prequels and after the OT with all these new characters. Plus, you get the original cast coming back. Well, of course, you know, look how hyped this movie is now. It's going to be the biggest thing ever. And I, I, can, I can see what you're saying where, where Lucas is like, well, yeah, well, I've, I've, been, I've been around since 74 doing this thing. You know, I started it out 74, 75 writing this stuff. And now all of a sudden, Star Wars is like the coolest thing ever again. And yeah. uh, it's kind of like one of those things kind of like, well, you know, where were you the whole time? All these Fairweather fans or what do you want to call them? And, and you can like whatever you want, of course. But yeah, I just I, I understand where he's coming from, where it, where it's just so huge now and everybody can't stop talking about it. And he's yeah. like, well, yeah, I remember me. I was the one that did this whole thing. And uh, yeah, I just wonder how much of his story is going to be, you know, did they did they cut everything out or did he take like the basic thing? Because I still think that grandkid thing is is something that is going to come up. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. 
Cool. Well, one last thing before we get into the recap. Okay. I just wanted to, to let people know um, about the new Force for Change campaign. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, which you just go to omaze.com slash Star Wars um, to donate to that. And uh, basically, like I, the, I think $10 is the lowest the lowest donation level that they have there and you get a hundred entries to win um a, a a trip to the star wars the force awakens premiere um and you'll get to meet all of the stars of star wars you'll get to see the movie before anybody else um all that stuff and uh, and you can you can get your chance to win that by going to omaze.com slash star wars um and uh the great thing about force for change is that uh your your entry your donation it it goes to great causes right so uh force for change the last one they they raised uh what was it like four million dollars or something like that like they, yeah. it was incredible mm-hmm. um and that was for uh for a walk-on role in uh, in in the force right. awakens yeah um which which would have been a great prize to win and and the guy who won it i'm sure it, he just pinches himself every day still <laughs> the fact that he's he's gonna be in the new star wars movie um but this is this is i think an equally as awesome prize to get to go to the premiere to get to hang out on the red carpet with all of the celebrities and because because here's the deal okay you get to go be in star wars that's cool you get to meet jj abrams you maybe get to meet a couple of the stars whoever's on set the day that you're on set Mm -hmm. um all that sort of thing uh with this one you get to go to the premiere and do you think just the stars of star wars are going to be at the premiere Heck this is no. huge. <laughs> Everybody's going to be at that red carpet premiere, right? There are going to be so many incredible uh, uh, movie stars, uh, uh, directors, just people from the industry, mm-hmm. people from all over. Like, just anybody, any anybody who is significantly famous is going to be at that premiere. I think so. So I, you get they they'll take you out for dinner. They, you, you will get to hang out with Harrison Ford <laughs> and that's like yeah. their announcement video was was Harrison Ford basically telling everybody like come hang out with me at the premiere mm-hmm. and I cannot think of a better prize than yeah. than hanging out with Han Solo Han himself I <laughs> uh, uh, getting to meet Mark Hamill uh, Carrie Fisher uh, Peter Mayhew Man, it just like, and not to mention all the new stars: Oscar Isaac, Daisy Ridley, you know, uh, uh, John Boyega, Adam Driver, like, uh, like just, uh, yeah. It this to win this. I mean, like, I've already, I already entered. I, 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 I threw in fifteen bucks, and so that gets me one hundred and fifty entries. Which is, uh, you might say those odds aren't that great, but I would tell you to never tell me the odds <laughs> I, of course I, and you know if it's meant to be it's meant to be the the other cool thing about about uh omaze is that and with force for change um i made an initial ten dollar donation and then they like to sort of uh, uh sweeten the pot they will i uh, they'll throw in 
other like sort of weekly prizes. So it's like, oh, well, this week you enter and you could win this prize package along with all of your entries to win the grand prize. Right. So um, so I think for for the first Force for Change campaign, I ended up throwing in something like 30 or 40 dollars because hmm. I just kept kind of like like giving them another 10 bucks to be entered into that week's thing. And <laughs> yeah. I never won anything, but I, you know, I still I give I for it. It's not wasted money because it's not it's not like it's the 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 lottery or something like that, where you just throwing money at the government for them to spend on whatever they feel like, which is usually politicians mm. paychecks. Right. Um, not the things that they should be spending it on, but with, but with this, uh, it's going to, to a great cause and, and force for changes is, is doing cool stuff. And it's allowing star Wars fans to, to give back. And that's uh, I, I don't know. I think that's cool. I think oh, yeah. it makes, it makes me feel good that, that our community, um, can 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 be exactly that, like a force for change. It's it's great when you can use Star Wars or whatever fandom you're a part of to 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 affect the world, right? And um, and yeah. then it becomes more than just it becomes more than just a fandom. It's a community, and it and it it becomes all these other things. So, uh, so yeah, com slash Star Wars and a huge huge prize, like you yeah, said. I mean, you can't get better than that, prize. you know. Yeah, and some and some cool some cool rewards at, at the higher levels. I mean, you can get you can get some cool exclusive T-shirts. Um, there's all sorts of stuff over there. You just go to the website and you'll you'll see all the awesome stuff. So so uh, go to omaze.com/slash/starwars. Give them at least ten dollars. I I or however much you feel like giving them because that's a one-time thing. But then immediately, as soon as you're done with that, go to thunder uh, patreon.com/slash/thunderquack. And give us a dollar a month for the rest of your life because we need it in order to make a podcast. <laughs> and, you'll, and you'll be entered into that prize pack as well. And you'll That's be entered price. into that prize pack as well. <laughs> and tune in, tune in next week because we'll we'll tell you about all the other, uh, well, the next awesome next prize week. that we're throwing into the prize pack. So. Yes. Well, let's uh, let's hit on uh, some rebels, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Lord Vader. Dispatch Inquisitors to hunt the rebels. We can't just run. Lock down the spaceport. We can't beat that blockade. The Red Blades, they took her. If only we had more allies. I know someone. My name is Rex. Me commanders Gregor and Wolf. We are fighting a bigger fight. There are questions. Questions that need answering. I'm not really a Jedi. Then be a pirate Jedi. Empire put a bounty on you. You gonna try to collect? Skywalker's apprentice could lead us to other lost Jedi. I'm not afraid. That's what worries me. All right, here we go with Blood Sisters. Hera gives orders to uh, to a rebel named Vox to pick up fighter parts in the market, giving him the heads up to watch out for Imperial troops as they've increased patrols. Ezra presses Hera about another mission, but instead she gives it to Sabine. A courier is coming with secret information, and Sabine needs to bring him to have to the Havoc outpost. Ezra and Chopper will join as backup, but Sabine is the leader. As they start their journey, Ezra tries to dig a bit into Sabine's core and find out what makes her a loner of sorts. 
His rambling is interrupted by insignia spotted on the wall. Ezra asks Sabine about the mark, but she quickly dismisses it as nothing. The trio waits for the courier at bay 22, but once the ship clears out, of their, uh, clears out, they've afraid they've missed him. Ezra speaks the code phrase once more, and a gong droid springs into action. EG-86 is the courier they're looking for. Ketsu Onyo, a mysterious presence in red and gray armor, has been watching them. So, here we go, Mike. We got another character-specific episode. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, had, we've had Ezra, we've had Hera, and now we get Sabine. And uh, I'll comment more on, on what I think about these episodes here in a, in a few minutes. But as far as this beginning goes, mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought it was interesting that he talks about how Ezra, be, or Ezra talks to Sabine about her always being like a loner and stuff. And maybe we'll get some yeah. more of her backstory because I didn't think we got enough of it in this episode. And we haven't got enough of a, any of them yet, I don't think. But uh and we'll see what happens with that. But I think one of the funniest thing, or one of the coolest things, was how um, Sabine comments on how unsuspecting it is to hide secrets in a droid. <laughs> and this is something that they're going to talk about at the end of this episode, and we're going to get in Star Wars: A New Hope. So I wonder if one, what is in this droid, and and hopefully we'll yeah. we'll find out what it is in a later episode. But also how how. Um, uh, um, Bail Organa uses these droids to, to 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 push information around. I think it's kind of neat how they kind of come yeah. back to New Hope. So, uh, like I said, Mike, I'll comment more about these episodes in a minute. But uh, what do you think about uh, Blood Sisters in the opening here? Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> it, it. We always have to go back to the family dynamic, right? That's sort of how the show was pitched. Is that like this is a? It, it's the the show is almost kind of like lost in space which mm-hmm. like uh, probably our younger listeners won't have any idea what i'm talking about when i say that but lost in space was uh, about uh, basically a family marooned on a planet like they like way in the future they're traveling through space and they get stuck on this planet um and it's kind of the same thing uh, like obviously these guys aren't stuck on a planet but I, uh, they're, it's a family flying around space mm-hmm. and getting into all sorts of trouble in the Star Wars galaxy. Even though like they don't necessarily look like they're all a family, they definitely are. You know, I, I, Hera and Kanan are definitely the mom and dad. Zeb is your weird hairy uncle um, who acts more like a big brother than than he does an adult. Um, and then Sabine and Ezra are are the kids, right? And Chopper's their cat. Uh, and and sometimes, like, they, they in the midst of all of the action and the Star Warsiness of it all, we lose a little bit of sight of the fi- family dynamic that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're in the middle of an epic space battle or something like that. But in this episode, right at the beginning here, we definitely get... We definitely get that family dynamic coming back to the forefront, like this scene of Ezra, Ezra yeah. mm-hmm. following her, even though like Hera told him that it wasn't <laughs> his mission, but he follows her anyways because he knows that if he follows Sabine, that he'll like eventually he'll he'll end up part of the mission. Like he basically just tags along like any little brother. Little brother, does, yeah. Right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, 
and uh, and and he's just as obnoxious with the with the whole like, well, you're a loner, you know, because you're either going off to be alone, or you tell me to leave you alone, or you know, like, and he goes through the whole list, and it's like, oh my god, Ezra, you're just being so annoying. <laughs> but then you have to remind yourself, like, oh, that's the point. Like he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the whole joke, right? Um, and all those that, with younger brothers know that. Yeah, or yeah. those who are younger brothers who uh, who can remember behaving that way, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is the that that would yeah. be where I I put myself. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I it's it, it was nice to see that family dynamic kind of come back in there. It it peaks itself in every once in a while mm-hmm. to remind us that this is a this is the space family show yeah <laughs> that's what that's what it's all about so. yeah yeah this episode i mean i'm gonna say it's not it wasn't my favorite you know it's probably the my least sure. favorite of the season yeah. um and i don't know if it's just like do we we just don't have enough time you know and some of these things that happen between ketsu and sabine uh coming up here in a minute just it's a little force, I think, and it's just yeah. quick, and we'll talk about that, but um, we'll get there in a minute. Go ahead, Mike. We want to go with the next one. Sure. Uh, Ketsu and Sabine seem to have a history and not a pleasant one. Sabine reveals she has a past as a bounty hunter, and Ketsu has stayed on this path. She has turned up to take EG-86. When Ezra questions how they know each other, or sorry, how the two know each other, Ketsu explains their history particularly how the duo broke out of their Imperial Academy together. But Sabine claims this is ancient history. Ketsu's greed dissolved their partnership when she left Sabine for dead. Ketsu learned of Sabine's involvement with the Rebels when she saw a bounty was put on the Mandalorian's head, though she hasn't decided if she'll collect it. She now works for the Black Sun Crime Syndicate. So, yeah, it... it, I think one of the problems is that rather than um, rather than kind of show us these characters pass, mm-hmm. what we're getting is is characters showing up and telling us all about, or the characters themselves talking about their past. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I I I I agree with you. I do feel like it is a little bit forced. Um, I feel like the second half of this episode is definitely better than the first half of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, you start to get into a little bit more of the action and then, and then some of the stuff, like we can kind of see things. There's a lot of pacing around each other with guns drawn, talking about backstory in this episode. And it, it's, uh, it's a little, it gets to be a little bit tedious. It's like, yeah, we understand. Mm-hmm. Sabine is a Mandalorian, so she's done what she's needed to in order to survive, and and that means that she's not always been as heroic as she is now. You know, right? Um, right. Even in her short life, she's been she's been able to uh, uh, walk down a variety of different paths, and I, I feel like there's just it in on the one hand, I think you're right. There's not enough time. Um, it is a 22 minute episode. Uh, and so they only, they only have so much time to tell a story on the other hand. I, uh, I feel like within that 22 minutes, they could ramp it up a little bit because mm-hmm. I think back to the clone wars 
and how much story they could tell in 22 minutes. And I feel like Rebels doesn't work at that same speed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's definitely a much slower pace. It's a slower burn. But um, but every once in a while, they do crank it up, and they do tell that much story in a 22-minute episode, like when they get close to the season finales. Or when you look at the at Siege of Lothal, which is... Uh, uh, how long is it? It's like 90 minutes or something like that. I don't even think it's that long. But Well, the, the, the premiere was, what, an hour? but It was an hour. Okay, so yeah, like... And in that, they... They tell way more story than they normally do in, in their 22 minutes if, over that, that length of time. So mm-hmm. um, they're definitely able to do it. But in this episode, yeah, it felt like we spent a lot of time covering the same thing. And and I think a lot of that is because Ezra's there and he just – Ezra asks obvious questions yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, reiterates a lot of things. So you spend a lot of time reading the same the same information mm-hmm. but uh but i don't know at the end of the day it's it, it is good to get some of this backstory about sabine but i i, I can't help it's but hard. feel like there's there's a better there might be a better way yeah to tell some of this backstory yeah it's just like it's one of those like catch 22s like do you do you do you make these backstory stuff where you put it over more than one episode and try yeah. to give more depth in, to it, or do you just try to squish it in in one episode and then go on to the next yeah. character? It's like, I, you know, I don't know, what do you do? Um, I just, like like we've talked about, it seemed a little rushed and all that. Well, we got it here is another thing, too. We got introduced to a new character, Ketsu Onyo. And yeah. I'm, I'm watching this, and as soon as she appears, and as soon as I, I saw her in some of the pre, pre-show pre stuff um, the last few weeks, I'm like... I kept thinking, like, where have I seen this character before? Yeah. And then uh, it finally clicked at me. Like, oh, yeah, it's a Fortune Least cover, uh, one, of the, yeah. one of the ultimate editions. And uh, I really – I just love that look. Uh, I think Filoni said they they obviously borrowed it from that or, or took it from that. I, I know there was a story behind yeah. it. Um, yeah. I can't quite remember what it was. But obviously they took it from The Force Unleashed, uh, just reusing stuff. But, yeah, great look. And um, – uh, character as well uh i think we're obviously we're going to see more of her we'll talk about that as we go on uh mm-hmm. we'll continue just as sabine steps up to the protocol dro- uh, for, to protect the droid imperials interrupt the dispute because of a hangar curfew but the fearless bounty hunter won't have it ketsu fires at the troopers initiating a firestorm of blasters ezra tells chopper to get the gonk droid into the shuttle so they can quickly retreat sabine boards the ship and with chopper's assistance they power down the pilot droid leaving ketsu and the Imperials in the dust. They're not out of the clear yet, though. The blast of the trooper's rifle sends Ezra careening out of the shuttle. Left surrounded by stormtroopers, Ketsu uh, takes another risk and retaliates, battling them and using a, a trooper as her shield. As the shuttle departs, she hops uh, away to her ship, the Shadowcaster, and escapes. There's no escape. We have you surrounded. Understanding. One that you're gonna answer for. Now drop your weapons. Don't do it. Do what? This. 
And Mike, I wanted to kind of highlight this particular fight scene because I know I've actually seen a couple of reviews and a couple of video posts of people talking about this and when they review this episode and talking about uh, how bad the stormtroopers are. But I, I tell you what, like in this particular fight, I think mm -hmm. they paid attention to that and tried to show us like, maybe not the stormtroopers aren't that bad but just that she is really good and the stuff she did yeah. like the way she handled it it made sense like almost in a real world sense like how she and you see this a lot in in action movies but i i did think it, they actually paid attention to this and didn't make it just like oh she just you know the stormtroopers shot crazy and they can't shoot and this and that they actually it the fight actually made sense the way she you know used one as a meat shield um, yeah. use the blaster, use some of her techniques and stuff like that. And it actually made sense yeah. to me. I thought it was good. Well, and see, this is my thing with stormtroopers. I, uh, they are, it's a lot like battle droids where they have superior numbers. I mean, battle droids were terrible fighters, mm -hmm. but they were designed to overwhelm. So, um, Stormtroopers, I think, for most characters, for or for most people in the Star Wars galaxy, are going to be scary um, because they have weapons and they have armor. I mean, like that in and of itself makes them dangerous uh, to to the average citizen of the galaxy. Now, most of the characters that we spend time with in Star Wars are not average; they are above average. They're they're heroes. They have special abilities and they you know, sometimes they're force sensitive, whatever. But at the end of the day, uh, stormtroopers as opposed to clone troopers, clone troopers were a formidable force because each one of them had this, they were the same. Yeah. Right. Um, whether or not they had individual personalities, they had the same training, they had the same genetics, they were all bred to be the best fighters possible. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and and they were they were like I mean we had two episodes this season all about how much better they are than stormtroopers. Stormtroopers are recruits. Some of them are recruits by choice, and some of them are recruits because they're forced into service mm -hmm. uh, in the Empire. Um, and so so you've got you basically uh, volunteers and then and then draftees, right? Um, uh, who've been inducted into the Empire. Uh, so that's going to already create an issue with the quality of your fighting force because some of these people don't want to fight, but they have to mm -hmm. um, for one reason or another. The other element is that everybody's different. Like they're all different. Yeah. One guy's shorter than another. One guy's stronger than another. One guy has better aim than another guy. And what you see in this fight, what I really liked is that, yeah, most of them were pretty terrible, but that one stormtrooper manages to to catch yeah, yeah. Ketsu by surprise and and tackles her, right? And like and and like to me I was like, oh see, like there's that's one of them. That's one of the stormtroopers that you needed to watch out for. Right? Because every once in a while, like they all look the same, but I think that's one of the things about the stormtroopers that actually makes them a little bit more dangerous is that you can be lulled into a false sense of security and think like, yeah, they're all just, mm -hmm. they, they're just, they're, they're all just idiots. Right. And it's like with battle droids, you can absolutely assume that they were all idiots except for the commandos. Cause the battle droid commandos were, were deadly. But, but with stormtroopers, you don't know who's under that helmet. 
and sometimes i uh, i mean there are stories there were stories in the expanded universe where you know there there's some pretty formidable stormtroopers out there right there's some guys to be mm-hmm. to be worried about because just like we have uh, on the on the 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 rebel side of thing, there's there's cannon fodder, rebel troops, and then there's Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, on uh, and and you know Wedge Antilles and and uh, and and the the you know uh, uh, the rest of the Rogue Squadron and that sort of thing. There are there are. This goes back to the Clone Wars. There are heroes on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like like uh, 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 Sunter Fell, right? Uh, uh, he an incredible Tie Fighter pilot in his own right, and and uh, you know somebody to be to not to not to tangle with, right? Like there there's gonna be good troopers and bad troopers. So that's something that I always like to keep in mind is that like yeah, for the most part they're average citizens, right? Just like any any major force and stormtroopers as opposed to clone troopers clone troopers were they were they were warriors by sort of by birth right and then on top of that they were fighting a war but stormtroopers are one part soldier one part mall cop yeah for sure <laughs> right? yeah for sure so so you get a little bit of an element there and i think i think when you look at the force awakens i think what we're seeing so far is that that is a return to um yes yeah, I know. to yeah. stormtroopers as an elite fighting force that there may not be as many of them as there were back in the days of the empire, but the ones that they've got are not to be messed with. And they, they seem pretty intimidating to me so far. So, um, so yeah, I think that that'll be, that'll be the case with the first order because they're much more, it's much more like the clone troopers were like, they're fighting a war. This is not, uh, they haven't won, right. They actually have something to fight for. So they're, they're going to fight that much harder. Yeah. So, yeah, like these guys are trying to enforce imperial rule, which is a it's a different thing, right? Uh, they're they're, like I said, they're one part soldier, one part mall cop. Uh, yeah. And, and half of the time, it's like, you know, you're just trying not to get get caught by security. Um. So so uh, the stormtroopers, I still think that they're that that they need to do a little bit more to make them, uh, that to make them scary. Um, in this show, and they've done actually a lot to make them seem like they're they're dummies. But uh, I don't know. I I would like it if they would if they'd go out of their way to explain that like the stormtroopers on Lothal. Lothal is not like like other than the fact that there was a rebel cell there. It's not. It's not. It's not a high high mm-hmm. priority target for the for the rebellion. Um. It's like so. What? Who are you gonna put there? You're not gonna put that. It's like it's like the stormtroopers on the Death Star. It's a it's a battle station the size of a moon. Yeah. What rebel is gonna be stupid enough to step foot on the Death Star? You're not gonna put your best soldiers there, mm-hmm. right? right? So the soldiers that are on the Death Star can't hit the broadside of a barn because like, who would have ever thought that 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 you know, f- six rebels would make their way onto that 
battle station <laughs> and and run amok, right? right? And it's like it, it's ridiculous to think that. So why would you put your best people there? Right. Uh, your best people are going to be with the emperor, and they're going to be in in you know uh, high value military installations and stuff like that. Um, like weapons factories and, and, and that sort of thing. That's where you're going to put your best men because you need to defend those points. But they thought that the Death Star was completely secure, right? So mm. so who cares? Just put a bunch of mall cops there, right? <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like, yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> just they're... they're they're, they got to protect the food court. Yeah. I, guess. I don't know. Like, everybody on the Death Star is supposed to be Imperial. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. That's right? all the, it's all the, that's all the stormtroopers that barely passed that are on, on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it, they're just there to, to break up bar fights between other stormtroopers. <laughs> like, it, it's really not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like Ketsu stood in the middle of five stormtroopers and just shot each one. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant about. It, it seemed different than the stormtroopers on Lothal, like you said. These ones were um, yeah. showed a little more, and, and like you said, one of them got a hold of her and was starting to beat her up. But uh, yeah, um, had the upper hand for a yeah, second. yeah. So I, I think we're seeing a little bit of shift, and I think you're right. And, yeah. and here's the thing, like you said, the clone troopers were highly trained from birth to yeah. do this kind of thing, and they accelerated. And 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 these stormtroopers are just regular humans that signed up or have been forced to sign up and they went through this probably just basic little academy got some marksmanship skills and boom you're off here you go and you're going to see a a huge dip in in skills and it will be easier for for somebody with some skill like a ketsu that has been doing this for a while and and yeah for sure and with the black sun who has the like she says the best weapons and the best ships probably the best uh, some great training too so uh, definitely see a, a difference in that, but I, I think they did. They showed a little bit more. These stormtroopers showed a little bit more uh, guts and and skill, but uh, still no match for a highly trained bounty hunter. Uh, go ahead, Mike. We'll keep going. Uh, back on the shuttle, Chopper and Sabine attempt to program the hyperdrive, but it isn't long before Ketsu is on their tail. She's knocked out their hyperdrive, so Sabine locks down EG eighty six before they can escape. Uh, sorry, before they can escape, Ketsu has blast open the door of the shuttle, sending Chopper flying out the door and spinning through space. Ketsu wants to deal Chopper in exchange for letting them live, but there may be hope. Chopper has reappeared on the roof of the Shadowcaster. While Chopper toils on Ketsu's ship without her knowledge, Sabine recalls how she once wanted to join the infamous Black Sun, but they'd even kill one of their own for profit. Uh, just as Ketsu decides Sabine's time is up, Chopper signals that he has dismantled her laser cannons. Sabine takes a risk and it pays off, but they're uh, they're all they're not all able to escape. Uh, as Chopper rockets towards the shuttle and an excited gong, Get- Ketsu sucks him in with her tractor beam. EG-86 alerts Sabine with her incoherent uh, uh, sorry with it with incoherent gongs. I, I like the moment. Uh, Chopper's one of my favorite characters on this show because mm-hmm. he just has. He's got. I th- I feel like of all of the droids, he's got the most personality. Yes. Um. And and a lot of it has to do with those little arms, because I love oh, the way yeah, yeah. like the little arm comes out and he just kind of like waves like a. He almost does like the salute like <laughs> Luke does in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Where it's like it time like it, you're we're good to go. Um. And uh, he's just so clever. 
right? He uh, he he he's he's saved the day a couple of times. Yeah, you know, it's like I, at first, like the first season, I I remember mentioning this on the podcast that I thought <laughs> that I thought he was kind of a jerk. You know, and actually getting he got getting them into more trouble yeah, than he, he got was them getting out of, them yeah. into trouble. And yeah. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. This this is a jerk droid. But now this season, like you said, um, especially this episode, kind of I'm like kind of turning myself around on him. He's he's pretty cool. And like you said, the arms show a lot of this thing. It, this this is great about with droids and 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 Chewbacca. Like they can, you get so much out of just what they're doing. You don't have to understand their language. Yeah. Um, you just you just watch them and, and you get so much out of their performance. It's kind of cool. Just the physicality. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, Sabine agrees to make a trade, the gong for the astromech. When she boards the ship, she reveals she's not giving him up that easily. Ketsu belittles Sabine's hopes of defeating the Empire with her group of rebels. Grow up, little sister. You can't be that foolish, uh, is what, uh, what Ketsu says. Sabine forgives Ketsu for leaving her. Meeting people who gave her a second chance has helped her give her second chances to others. Now they are both forced to rekindle their friend. friendship. Oh, Sabine. We were once friends. Tell you what, give me the power droid and I'll share my cut with you, like the old days. I don't do things just for money anymore. That's right. Now there's the cause. You really think your little rebel group can overthrow the Empire? Grow up, little sister. You can't be that foolish. Once we were like sisters, but we only cared about ourselves. It's called survival. You of all people should know you can't trust anyone. I forgive you. For what? For leaving me for dead, and I still trust you. And you're wrong. I met people who gave me a second chance in life, and that's what I'm giving you. Imperial cruiser to Corral Shuttle 63725. Your craft has been identified as stolen. Prepare to be boarded. Looks like we're friends again. Don't have much of a choice. And this is where I was talking about, Mike, where I just thought it was a little bit forced. Um, you know, she was about ready to kill her, and then all of a sudden just a quick pep talk later and the friend she does say you know we're forced to be friends and i, I kind of get that but um just a little and this is where i think you need more time and 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 maybe the inherent problem you would have with kind of sort of a animated show but you're trying to appeal to all the star wars fans and of all ages it just got, yeah. it's just a little quick, but you know, that's the way it has to be, I guess, when you got 22 minutes to try to get through a Sabine centered episode. But I thought another thing that was cool was that, you know, the, the term rebels is around the galaxy. Yeah. You know, she, she knows about this. She even says rebels. So in, in, in this, this term and this militia of the rebels, it is well known throughout the galaxy. And I, I guess I didn't, I thought maybe they were more, on the down low, but apparently they're not. At least as far as the underground, it, it, apparently they know a lot about the rebels. So, uh, you have any issues with uh, how fast they reconciled? I mean, Sabine does talk about how she, uh, you know, made a choice and found this group that is her family now, and and she's fighting for the, you know the, a greater thing than just herself now. 
But uh, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, you... I'm. It, yeah, it was it was a little quick, right? Like she kind of she kind of turned the tables on her on her a little bit quick. But um, and but you know, I I do feel like Ketsu, uh, like they do have a they they have a history. So right um, when you know the wind changes and all of a sudden you know they, she doesn't have weapons and here come some Imperials. I. Uh, they don't have she doesn't have much of a choice so it's like okay i guess i'll work with you and then by the end of it it's like there's a i think that there's a bit of an honor thing there and and uh, that she's not gonna you know sabine is willing to work together to get out of it so right you can't then i don't know kind of leave her right like you have yeah. to you have to uh honor that like the 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 friendship that's there so so i do think i i don't know I, obviously it's not like she she's gonna join the rebellion anytime soon but right but i don't know it kind of leaves the door open it's interesting yeah um, it does. sure that's the one of the most interesting things about the star wars galaxy is that you've got these characters like boba fett like like i uh, i like ketsu like uh um hondo and and all all sorts of you know like the like the 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 death watch i mean we had uh previsla who was clearly an evil bad guy mm-hmm. and then we had uh um um oh what was her name the his second in command uh the female bounty uh, the female mandalorian right oh yeah um yeah <laughs> I, I so, know, I know totally, the actress. Uh, yeah, I've totally forgotten um, the character's name, but um, I yeah, who who by the end of that whole storyline ends up, you know, uh, uh, allying with with Obi Wan, and uh, and I think that there was more story there that they were going to tell, and I think they alluded to it in that in that that comment about the the siege of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the last time that that Rex had seen Ahsoka. That there would be more with um with that character being more of a good guy. And it's like it's the like there are these characters who live in the gray area in between both sides that can that can make these changes and that can become heroes. Uh, and then also you know they can be villains and and uh, they're not necessarily. It's not as simple as as the light side and the dark side. There there are all of these these other levels in between, and uh, and Ketsu is is clearly in that gray area. But at the end of the day, she's much more uh, heroic than she is villainous, right? She's definitely out for herself. But Bo-Katan, yeah, Bo-Katan. That's yeah, that's that's who who I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like Ketsu. Can she's still f- friendship and family still still means something, right? Um, whereas a character works, yeah. like yeah. Boba Fett, like I don't th- like Boba Fett's beyond that. Boba Fett, it's just all about the profit, right? Right, right. Um, I mean, like I, I guess I should should allude to the 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 most I I I don't know the most meaningful story in that element in that aspect is Asajj Ventress, right? Who even starts sort of towards the evil side, but by the end of it, uh, she's a hero. So, um, 
Yeah, I it, it, that, that is one of the things that I love about Star Wars, and I feel like Ketsu is a little bit of a. Um, there's a legacy to that character, and I think that legacy is Asajj Ventress. I think that there's that we're supposed to to draw a few parallels. In fact, her ship, the Shadowcaster, mm. uh, is was actually initially developed as the Banshee, which would have been. Um, which would have been Asajj's ship yeah. in that story that ended up being uh, uh, Dark Disciple. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, the Dark Disciple novel, which if people have not read and they are fans of the Clone Wars, they need to pick that up because it is, it's an important Clone Wars story. And that's, that's all I can say about that. Cause I don't want to ruin the story for anybody, but it's, it is an important Clone Wars story, both for Asajj Ventress and, uh, and, uh, uh, Oh my God! I'm just, I'm names are dropping out of my head. I uh, uh, there's so many Star Wars characters and and I uh, the dreadlocks and the and the yellow strip on his nose. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I always I always forget his name too because I I reference him yeah. a lot and. Uh, um, oh, this is the worst. <laughs> just pull up Dark Disciple, you'll see. Yeah. yeah, you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, anyways, let's uh, let's continue with the. Yeah, I, I just say you, I think the only other thing you could say about if it's some people might argue that it's you know it could be that fast they can make up that fast because they had that the relationship and they were in the academy together so um, there is that that closeness that they shared for for a long time before they both decided to to leave. So um, is it my turn? Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, sure. Uh, in order to buy time, Sabine has Chopper overload the hyperdrive, creating the potential of self-destruction. The Imperials give them two minutes to stabilize. The plan is to use Ketsu's explosives to blow up the shuttle and, es- and escape on the Shadowcaster. But the Imperials are on to their plan. When asked to identify themselves, Sabine reboots the pilot droid and tricks him into exercising emergency protocol. The officers fire at the shuttle's control hub to disable it, and Ketsu orders Chopper to release the docking tube. Both Chopper and EG-86 taunt her. They're not following any commands without Sabine. Meanwhile, on the shuttle, Sabine has been knocked uh, knocked down due to the Imperial blast that Ketsu decides to help, uh, but Ketsu decides to help her old friend. The officers activate their tractor beam, but with Sabine back on the ship, Chopper agrees to help. The explosives erupt, blowing up the shuttle and the naive pilot droid. Ketsu activates the Shadowcaster's hyperdrive, getting the crew out of the Imperial entanglement. So they they blow up a, a Rex-type droid. So we see another. Uh, obviously, it's not not RX or whatever the heck it is. You know, from uh, that we saw in the first season. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like these droids are used to to pilot these 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 starships but uh yeah, yeah just this one voiced by steven stan stan yeah yeah i guess he had like three three different um characters in yeah. this particular episode yeah. that he had mentioned on his i think his twitter or something like that so yeah friend of the show and uh yeah three different uh three different things so uh let's finish up mike and we'll talk about the end here sure i i i Sabine, Chopper, and Ketsu fly the ship to their rendezvous point, which happens to be the location of R2-D2 and Senator Bail Organa. Uh, They pass over the intel, and the mission is complete. Back at home base, Ezra has found his way back, and Hera awaits Sabine and Ketsu. 
She congratulates them on a job well done, and Sabine and Ketsu say goodbye for now. Ketsu likes the idea of people having her back, but is not quite ready for the rebel lifestyle. I'll think about it, she says, as she boards the Shadowcaster and flies off into the galaxy. Oh, uh, you mean you two. Uh, a moment. Right, um, I'll just be over there. You could have left me on that shuttle, taken the droids, and made a good profit. It's only money. Thank you. It must be nice to have people backing you up. I had that once, when we were friends. I haven't had that since. Look, if you think you'd want to help us out, make a difference, just let us know. I'll think about it. Start. I think that's the last we've seen of her. No. And I'm glad. And I don't think that's the last we are gonna see of her, Mike. Uh, I'm sure we'll see her maybe later on. And I don't know how big of a, a role she's gonna be playing. Probably not much, but maybe help out once in a while, maybe you do like a Han Solo moment where you think she's gone and then she comes in to save the day or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like I said, it, like, it wasn't necessarily my favorite episode and I, it was one of those ones where I don't know if I'll go back and watch it again. And and what I was talking about earlier was, you know, we were, season one started off, or season one was quick. It had a lot of stuff going on, you know, a lot of great stories. And then they said, hey, here you go. You guys loved it. Here's 22 episodes. And, and this is what you're going to get, I think. I'm, you're going to get these episodes where there's there's not a lot going on. And yeah. is that what we need? Should we just stay with the 13-episode season and have, just have some great stuff? Or or do you want to have it 22 episodes? And the problem I have is, like, you get these episodes with Siege of Lothal where there's just so much powerful, big stuff yeah. going. I mean, you got Vader and Ahsoka and she's recognizing him and, and this is some huge story stuff going on. And then you have these episodes where it's just, you know, they're trying to introduce these characters and give a backstory, but there's not a lot to it. There's only 22 minutes um, and it kind of leaves a little left to be desired. Uh, and I guess this is just part of what you're going to have to deal with, with with 22 episodes. I mean, you go from some powerful stuff with Ahsoka and Vader to this. And uh, and I don't know, maybe maybe we do just need 13 episode seasons where you just get powerful stuff. And that seems to be the the mode of, of storytelling and, and, or, uh, and, and shows nowadays where they just do the 12, 13 episodes and they pack it with a lot of great stuff. Should we be going to... 45 minute episodes and just do 12 of them instead of 22 minutes and do 22. I don't know. Um, what do you think, Mike? I, I think, I think the real problem with this season is that it doesn't have a focus. Um, those, the siege of Lothal was great because it was, it was, yeah, it did have that 40, 45, like the, the it was an hour long episode. So and a focus. Yeah. And it was focused. Like there was a plot, between it and then again you had the the two episodes with uh with captain rex which each was self-contained but then had an overarching story between the two episodes which was pretty good not as strong as siege of lothal but still pretty good um Mm -hmm. and then you know like the occasional one-off is fine by me but the problem I find is that yes there's a there's a very sort of vague overarching story that they're trying to strengthen the rebellion 
Um, and that that's what everything is about. I mean, like, this episode starts with Hera saying, like, yeah, you can find the Starfighter parts here, which is an obvious reference to last week's episode. Like, now they're building they're building B-Wings. So that's mm-hmm. that's part of it. they got to get the pieces to build the B-Wings. Um, right, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. I think the bigger issue is that, like, there's no Death Star. They don't have a thing. There's no... It's not a specific fight, right? And this is a problem that I always found that Clone Wars had as well over the course of a season, but they solved it by doing four-episode arcs. And so a four-episode arc would have a specific uh, target, right? Mm-hmm. But they're they're doing one-off episodes, and so you can't you never get into a rhythm with one-off episodes. It's always and there's no urgency. It's just kind of like I oh, we're gonna tell this story, and in this story this happens, but it doesn't really affect anything else. So if you missed this week's episode and you pick up next week, I don't think you'd really notice. You know, like it's the same characters from week to week, but the stories don't carry over. And I think that that's the biggest problem more so than than anything else. They need to they need to sort that out. They need to figure out how to tell an overarching story. And and I I do think it's really simple. They just need one target that it's like this is the thing that we have to do, but they can't just attack it. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, we need to stop the empire at at its source so we need to take out this this weapons factory and in order to do that we're going to need we're going to need more right we're going to need uh better soldiers so we got to find rex i mm-hmm. uh, the the defenses on this planet are are bigger than anything we've ever dealt with we need a blockade buster let's go find this ship um we need intelligence like military intelligence on it oh we've got that it's in this droid right like there's a way to tell that overarching story and to have everything tied together and have a sense of urgency but they're not doing that and and it's it's odd to me that they wouldn't do that that they wouldn't structure the season around i mean every other uh, uh serialized show on tv has this and it's like Buffy coined the term big bad right and Mm -hmm. I mean technically I suppose we have that we have the Inquisitors out there but they have nothing to do with this story they have nothing to do with last week's story they showed up and then they disappeared right like they haven't affected anything Um, they haven't changed the game at all it's just like oh they're out there Um, I mean like that Mm -hmm. at this point now that was four episodes ago we had Ezra doing his own thing, totally unaffected. Not totally unaffected, because obviously a lot of his motivation came out of out of fighting the Inquisitors. But it's sort. It feels to me like everything's connected, but it's like one episode trails into the next episode and then disappears by the end of it, mm-hmm. and then the next episode will trail into the one after that and then trail into the one after that. So, like, the next episode, they'll mention Ketsu at the beginning of it. But, yeah, it's not... I don't know. I don't I don't think that, that they're really um, focusing on an overall storyline. 
Well, here, here's my the thing. My has just turned on for no good reason, so I apologize <laughs> about the sound effect. There's a, there's you got a, a gong droid in there? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, a droid has just entered the room without <laughs> my knowledge. Well, here's the thing at the end of this, Mike. Here's, and here's what kind of frustrated me was, like, this whole episode was getting this droid with this information to bail Organa. Yeah. And we don't know what it had. What was in it? Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, yeah. so are they teasing us that they'll sure. say something maybe later on? Or was this just a whole MacGuffin and like, yeah. I wanted to know what was on there. I mean, was there some crazy plans on there? Was there information about the Empire, you know, Vader, the Emperor? I mean, yeah. what was on there? And I wanted to know. Yeah. And we just got a quick tease on like R2 coming out yeah. and, you know, delivering this. We're, we're going to give this information to Bale. But I wanted to know. That would have been a great ending to, to give us some kind of crazy, like, powerful message of what they got on that, on that, on this information. Yeah. But we were kind of left to just to speculate like what was it you know will we see it later on i don't know but that kind of frustrated me too at the end um we spent this whole time with this getting this information but we never really get to know what it was yeah and was it was that intentional i don't know um if it wasn't it was kind of a bummer because we <laughs> uh, didn't really mean much but hopefully we will get to know what was on there and and obviously this is a prelude to how they get information from uh, Princess Leia to Obi Wan, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I really wanted to know what was on that droid and how why it was so special to get to get that information to Bale. So, uh, as far as uh, next week, we'll get to next week in a second, Mike. Just on uh, some Facebook stuff, um, Christopher Baca had mentioned I had made a comment about last week's episode, uh, Wings of the Master. He said we don't see much of the B wing in Jedi because issues with the model showing up on screen. The wings would disappear when they would composite them into the shot. And I didn't really know that, but it makes sense because they had a lot of issues with the compositing, especially back in those days. That's why they went back and cleaned up some of the stuff like an Empire when mm -hmm. they showed the speeders. You could see through it. You know, you could see the legs, so they had to clean up stuff like that. So I guess it makes sense that um, with the shots with the being wings and Jedi, why we didn't see too much of them. Um, but... You know, like we talked about last week, it was more of a, it wasn't necessarily a, a fighter as, as more of a, I guess, a bomber or something that was used to uh, do a little more damage than the fighters yeah. would. So yeah. uh, that's from Christopher Baca on Facebook. So keep, uh, keep talking about these episodes on Facebook and tell us what you like and what you don't like. And uh, we can talk about it here on the podcast and get your, get your information. What do you guys think of? of these episodes and you know what was in the droid and and will we see ketsu again and stuff like that we'd love to hear what you guys have to think so don't hesitate to to comment on facebook or send us an email yeah for sure rebels podcast at gmail.com um cool well yeah i i guess that that puts us into uh into next time next episode yeah next week on uh, star wars uh rebels it is entitled stealth strike and a new imperial ship uh, captures Ezra, Commander Sato, and his crew. And here's a quick tease on uh, what's coming up. Check it out. Well, all set? I guess. This must be just like old times. <laughs> just follow my lead and you'll be okay. No, you follow my lead. Mandex says you need to make your repairs and depart. We need to get to maintenance. You need to get to maintenance. We can go on our way. You can go on your way. 
on you sometime. Chopper, plug in and find Ezra and the crew. Transferring him to a secure cell? That means they know who he is. Let's go! Oh man, you know, it's so funny, Mike, and I, I'm really excited about this because look, we're getting Kanan back. I feel like I haven't seen Kanan in forever. Yeah. Uh, you got Rex in, in the classic Stormtrooper gear and this and yeah. this dynamic that I'm starting to really love between these two. They have this um, almost like a Han Solo Luke in the beginning kind of thing or Han Solo, you know, Obi-Wan type of thing in the in the beginning where they kind of yeah. got into his nerves sometimes. So it's really cool. Uh, seeing that and hearing that I, i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this episode what do you think yeah yeah i'm really looking forward to it um i i, I like that the, there's another clip out there uh, of the of them getting captured and uh of of uh sato and ezra getting captured yeah and it looks like right. it's in like it's a uh, an interdictor um or interdictor mm. or whatever however that's interdictor. interdictor yeah uh, i which is uh, the it's from the expanded universe and it's a kind of like a star destroyer that can pull ships out of hyperspace so um so yeah they're making that canon official canon which is cool um yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm excited i'm excited for kanan and uh and and rex storylines that's uh yeah that that's that sounds good to me you know what i just thought about too is like what happened to wolf and gregor they went. It's in one of the Rebels recons. They went back to the planet oh, that they were it. on. Yeah, okay. and uh, and uh, Pablo had talked about it because I think it was one of the oh, questions okay. that that a fan had asked, and he says that they they went back where they were uh, to where they found them, and uh, and now they've got okay. a now they've got a bigger boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Following on the the Jaws references. Yeah. So, nice, nice. Um, okay, I just I just thought of yeah, that. Yeah, so they're out there. there. They're out there hunting. Okay. Those big worm things. Yeah. All right. Well, we're looking forward to Kanan cool. and some yeah. uh, Rex next week. That's it for this week. <clears throat> yep, that's it for this week. Thank you guys as always for listening. Uh, and you can you can get all of your latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com where Tim does a great job of keeping you guys up to date. Uh, of course, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and you can follow Matt. He's at the crankster, crankster with a yes. K. Yes. Um, of course, we are also part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. You can check out all of the other great podcasts at thunderquack.com. And, uh, and and we have our Patreon campaign, patreon.com slash thunderquack, where you can head there, chip in, help support us bringing great podcasts like this to you. And right now, if you go and you, you pledge your support at a dollar or more, you're entered into the contest to win that $25 Amazon gift card and some more great prizes that we will reveal in due time. So, uh, so do that right now. Head to patreon.com slash thunderquack and pledge your support we appreciate everybody who does uh thank you guys for listening and we will be back next week for stealth strike see you guys next week